the Color by Felix podcast. All right, everyone. Welcome to the Color by Felix podcast. Today, we have our good friend with us, Kim Rose. Thank you for being here, Kim. Of course. <laughs> and uh, we, this is actually uh, the second time we're interviewing with her. It's been like, what, a couple of years since we've... Uh- I think even longer than that, because we were trying to think it's definitely pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. I want to say like three oh, years yeah, yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah, pre was it was long. pre my dog too, and my dog is just about to turn two. So yeah. that's how I gauge time. So it's been like three years, I think, guys. Mm-hmm. So yeah. how did y'all first meet? I think how we first met was I think we hit you up first. So we were doing a charity art auction mm-hmm. and I followed Felix on Instagram. I loved his art. And I asked for him to donate a painting to it, and he did. Um, and I think after that, we always kind of kept tabs on each other. And then, correct me if I'm wrong, but then I think you guys were coming to visit LA for an art event that you did, which was, and that's when we met you guys. Yeah. So yeah. that was <laughs> the first time that we actually met in person. Um, so we went down to that, which was really cool. And then, to be sure, I think we showed you around LA a little bit. We got lost. This is before I knew uh, LA has different districts that are wildly different from each other. And <laughs> I, guys, I learned later. So I took them scootering through the actual worst part in Los Angeles that you can take someone scootering, which is Skid Row. Wow. Yeah, I felt so bad because so we were in the fashion district. That's where my studio was at the time. And I was like, oh, like there's some cute spots in the arts district. Let's go there, which is now where I live. I live like really close to where we went and got food at Zinc Cafe. Um, But Skid Row is right smack in between us. And I was like, let's burn. It'll be fun. It was not a good, no, no, nothing bad happened, but it was just not the uh, most pleasant tour (laughs) around it's like LA. oh where are we yeah actually like, actually it was kind of interesting <laughs> it's yeah it was uh, i wasn't trying to uh take you guys to any dangerous places i was just genuinely <laughs> very lost um but yeah so we did that and then i've kept tabs i think we interviewed you guys and then afterwards you guys interviewed me which was really cool um yeah and been keeping tabs i see that you're almost at a million followers on instagram you are so close you are so close that is awesome Thank i think you. he was at a million right and then the yeah yeah, yeah. And non-believers it, 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 fell off when you did no. like stuff you actually wanted to do oh <laughs> yeah, you that's know what, what happens. That's, yeah. that's fine that's what happens literally people you gotta do it i know a photographer that's an incredibly talented photographer and he was shooting for a big YouTuber and he had, uh, I think over a million. And when he started, he stopped working with him and then he started just doing what he loved, his photography. Mm-hmm. And he's like, it bled so many, like almost half, I want to say. But I was like, the people that stay to the people that really love what you're doing and you mm-hmm. can't cater just mm-hmm. for yeah. the followers, you know, you got to do what you love. For yeah, sure. Exactly. Um, I, you know, like, so I remember like how we met and you took us to your studio. It was amazing to see that in person. So different than, you know, that experience to come actually at, you know, somebody's place and see how they work is just an amazing experience. Um, so I noticed you've progressed and you've kind of stuck with your style and you just kept adding a few, like I noticed you started using more gold 
real gold, mm -hmm. right? In your yes. artwork. Um, can you uh, kind of explain to the audience like your style and kind of where it came from and how, you know, that became? Yeah, I think it's weird. I think I would experiment with different things. And if I see something that I just really love, I'll do more of it. Um, so for me, like resin is the, the epoxy that I use that's very shiny. I've always loved that. The second I saw it online, I was like, I need to work with this. It's amazing. This is exactly what I want to be creating with. Um, and I feel like the same thing happened with gold. I The first time I used real gold, I was just obsessed with it. I was like, this is beautiful. It is very, I, I think it's just very rich culturally. It's been used in a lot of different things. It's religious, it's spiritual. It's just something that is, and I, when I see it in paintings, like it has a beautiful glow, like in the mornings and in the sunsets, it's just very alive. So when I was able to afford working with gold, I was like, this is it. I need to keep working with gold. And luckily I have been able to keep working with gold, which I really love. Um, so yeah, I, I wanna say I do two main styles of art. I do large scale abstract marbled art, I guess for lack of better words. Um, and that's like more the luxury fine art, I guess you would say. I like working big I'm pushing to work bigger and bigger, which is really fun. Um, and then I also have, I think the more commercial side is like the line art. So it's very minimal, um, I guess like delicate line art. And what's nice about that is it's easy for me to do. I can do them very quickly. Um, it's very collaborative. I've had people come into the studio and like paint line art because it's mm -hmm. easy to do. Um, I've drawn people that I just you know, was like, I really want to draw you. Um, so it's, it's opened up opportunities for collaboration in ways that I think the marbled paintings haven't. And it's easy to license too. Like I did a necklace collection. I'm going to do another necklace collection with a company partnering with a art print company. Um, so it's, it's very fun. They're both, they're both different, but, um, they, they are both, I guess, different sides of the same coin of what I do. <laughs> mm -hmm. Awesome. And I was wondering when you were talking about getting bigger and bigger with your art, is mm -hmm. there like, what's the main motive there? Is it something about like, does the large scale just evoke like a more grandiose feeling or what? Yeah, it does. So one mm -hmm. painting made me cry in my entire life. And it sucks because uh, I, the artist is unknown, but we were at the, and I'm mispronounce it. So please forgive me. The Louvre, I am going to say it wrong. The but Louvre. <laughs> The Louvre. Someone told me I was pronouncing it wrong when I said the Louvre. You say really? Louvre. Yeah, you oh. say it with like a little French accent. So, but we all know it's, what I'm it's the same about. way in fashion. You can never get it right. You might as well <laughs> yeah. just you go might for as well it. go for it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so we visited over there a long time ago with my family, and this one painting it was huge, and it was an oil painting. It was hyperrealist painting. Um, and I just remember looking at it, and I don't know why I just started crying. Wow. And it was just so beautiful. And I couldn't describe why I cried. And it was really funny because my sister was with me and she's really funny. Um, she kind of taps me on the shoulder. She's like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm okay. Um, she's like, why are you crying? And I was like, the painting, like, it's the painting. It's so beautiful. And have you ever like, 
side text someone when people are around so no one else can hear your conversation so she grabbed my phone and typed in the notes and she handed me the phone she's like is that really why you're crying and I was like yes that's really why I'm crying (laughs) (laughs) she like couldn't believe that I was actually crying over a painting because I'd never done that before um and I think that was just one thing that I like creating things that just make me feel in awe and I know that when I create large paintings like this one, there's a canvas sitting right next to me. It's probably about as tall as I am. Um, and I just know when it's created and when it's up on the wall, it just has such a presence for me that I love. And mm-hmm. so that's why I really, really love um, working on large paintings. It's really challenging too. <laughs> with the mediums that I work with, it's incredibly challenging. Uh, but I like a challenge. Um, I think it grows me. So I think that's another reason why I gravitate towards large scale. That's so awesome. like your, your work, like you, you mainly have to have it flat, right? Cause you're, mm-hmm. it's so big. You have to walk around mm-hmm. it. It's like, I've tried that before putting the painting flat and working. I'm like, Oh man, am I getting older? Or is it my lower back? It's, <laughs> it's hard. And it's really funny too, because I think I've always done it. You know, when you do something, you develop muscles for it. Mm-hmm. So I do this squat where you like sit, it's almost like an owl, <laughs> like a, what is it, like a monkey squat, I guess, like where you're sitting. Mm-hmm. And I can squat and hold like that for a very long time. And I didn't realize until I started having interns that would come in and work with me. They're like, how are you still like that? And I was like, I don't know. It's just, it's my squat. Like, <laughs> like you can just sit like this. Um, and so I always offer people, because I know not everyone likes to work on the floor. I said, do you like to work on the floor? Do you like to work on a table? And weirdly enough, a lot of my uh, assistants and interns, they like working on the floor with me, which is kind of cool. I think A, because it's so big. Um, uh, B, there's just something fun about it. I don't know. But if I could work on an easel it depends on what you're doing it's definitely a lot easier on the back mm-hmm. <laughs> and on the joints so yeah. how many like assistants and interns do you have and how do you how does that process work like if someone wanted to work with you yeah so if someone right now I am not accepting new positions um, I just hired on someone to help me with TikTok which is amazing I'm really excited to have her um and because I up to this point I've been doing all most all social media by myself and it's nice to be able to have someone help so Mm -hmm. she's helping with TikTok a little bit with Twitter a baby bit with Instagram um Instagram's mostly the one that is me uh so we've got her uh my manager Derek who I think I had him when I don't know I might have just started working with him by the time you guys came and visit. I think Derek and I have been working together for about three years. Uh, and it's really nice. So where you guys visited my first studio, you remember how there were a bunch of little shops? Yeah. One of the shops, like a few doors down. Oh, um, cool. Yeah. So we became friends first. And so he's also an artist? He's not an artist. So he is a, I feel like I'm going to mess up the official title but basically what he does is he because we were in the fashion district so he works in fashion he's a I guess to water down like a celebrity stylist he pulls clothing brands and he will either rent or sell them out to stylists that work with celebrities Mm -hmm. um so it'll be really cool because once I borrowed a coat for an art show and he texts me he's like hey uh can I have that bag Billie Eilish needs it and I was like Billie Eilish and then another time I borrowed something he's like hey Beyonce stylist sees this and I was like Beyonce stylist I was like this is so cool (laughs) wow that's cool yeah yeah so he works with and what's it's really cool what he does too because he likes 
he worked in fashion and it was really hard for smaller uh, designers to like try and get in because it's a very competitive industry. So how he got started, he's like, I want to start working with the little dogs, like the new talent that doesn't have so much experience, but I really love their work. And so that's kind of his origin. And he threw, I'm not sure if I told you guys this, but one of my designs got stolen. And this was back when we were friends. He was just so quick on being on it. And Max told me, he's like, that's what a manager would do. Like, you should talk to him about maybe being your manager. Um, and we did. Yeah. And we've worked together ever since. And we work together fantastically. So do do love him lots. Nice. nice. That's awesome. And, and I think there's something you oh, go ahead, Felix. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I just wanted to kind of. Uh, do you guys still, I know Max started the podcast, remember he, yeah. he was doing it. Do you guys still yeah. do that or how? So that's hard. That's a hard conversation because we COVID hit and obviously it halted a lot of things, especially in-person meetings. And so we tried to do a couple of zoom interviews, but for Max, I think one of the things that he loved was, and we did, cause we got to like meet you as in person, which was so cool. We really love the aspect of meeting people in person. And so when COVID hit, we halted things. We have been talking about starting it up again, but uh, switching up the angle a little bit because I found that I really enjoyed interviewing artists. Like mm -hmm. that's what I, it got me excited. Those were the interviews that I was really excited uh, to talk to them. And of the artists that we interviewed on that podcast, we're still really good friends with a lot of them to this day, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. So it's like we interview people and oftentimes it does turn into friendships, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. um so yeah he if, if you were here maybe he could tell you more than I could but we're trying to because it's hard to be consistent on, mm -hmm. I'm sure as you guys know to be consistent on a podcast mm -hmm. um so that was another thing that he was saying if we were to do it he would want to see if he could hire someone to help us out um and it's called chats with max but I was like I'm a big private podcast so like what are we gonna do about that and he's like <laughs> chats with max and kim and I was like maybe <laughs> so we'll see but right now it's been on pause yeah I I think that's just so awesome when you guys were you know doing it and and um I think it's like you said, it's so awesome to have like different artists all over the world. Even of course, it's better experience in person. It's totally different. And we mm -hmm. had that and I'm so happy we did, you know, I know. Um, but <laughs> it's it's just amazing. We've met so many amazing people like and their stories and you could kind of hear their stories and how their art kind of became to be, you know, and and, and you start to see it in their paintings, like kind of more mm -hmm. of their stories, you know, how, how yeah. that evolved. And it's it's just a different experience. Um, I want to go back a little bit. I know we've kind of interviewed and kind of like already covered this a while ago, but I wanted to, the audience new, maybe newer listeners um, to hear your story, how you started. I know you had a very, uh, very interesting story about your, you know, about your mother and just kind of that experience of becoming a full-time artist, if you don't yeah. mind sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So I was like, the journey has been so long. So I'm trying to think where I start. Um, the beginning uh, so the most simple way that I can put it so growing up my dad's an engineer my mom was more of the creative artist and I think that was a really good um, duality to kind of grow up with because my dad was very like work hard he told me when I was studying in school he's like don't be an artist you'll be broke and I was like okay <laughs> <laughs> but I just knew like we talked about this too it's just this itch this something that you have to do you're like I want to paint I want to create 
And so I think it was about college time that I realized that this was something that I really loved to do. And that I think Instagram was just starting to be taken more seriously, I think, like from a marketing standpoint, it wasn't just a spot for you to post pictures with your friends of your lunch. It was a platform that people marketed on. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to see if this was something that was serious that I should take more seriously, or if this was something that was just going to come and go. And so in college, I got an internship at a social media marketing company, um, which was really great for me because it showed me that this is the future of marketing. At the time, people weren't so sure about it, but there were big companies spending good budgets um, marketing through social media. And it makes sense because instead of paying five grand for a billboard and okay, it's there for a month, but you don't know who's going to see it. And also it's a billboard who looks at those anymore on the side of the freeway. Um, If you're marketing for say like a makeup brand, you can do targeted influencer marketing for five grand with makeup influencers. And it's just Mm -hmm. a much more efficient way of going about marketing. Mm -hmm. And it made it more accessible for people like me that I don't have big budgets, but I can connect with people all over the world through social media for free, which was really cool. Um, So that's when I was like, okay, I'm gonna start taking social media more seriously. I really like doing art. Getting started, it was really hard because art does not pay the bills at first. Uh, So what I did is what worked for me is I love photography and would do like influencer posts here and there. But the best bang for my buck was shooting for watch companies. And it was really nice because I could just take a watch photo. You could literally like shoot on your iPhone, take a picture, change outfit, take a picture, change outfit. And you can get a bunch done in a day. Um, And so I would shoot for watch companies and that would pay my bills. And then every other chance I got, I was like, I'm going to do art and I'm going to see how I can make this still grow. Um, I think a big pivotal thing for me was when we did Mission Marisol, which is when I first contacted you guys, which is really cool. Um, So when we did Mission Marisol, that was hands down the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. (laughs) Um, We essentially were planning a charity art auction uh, in six months. And a big event like that, it's like a wedding. It should take a year to plan. We didn't know that. (laughs) It was just uh, me and my friend Evan, who was my manager at the time. Um, And then we got like a bunch of other people who were down to kind of help us out with making this event happen. And we learned a lot, grew a lot, uh, did not sleep for two months leading up to the event, but it was a fantastically beautiful, successful event where we were able to fundraise for, we partnered with a nonprofit called ICF, who we very love. They're very transparent about their charitable giving. They take the least amount, uh, at the time, I think it was like seven cents on the dollar, which is ridiculously low for any nonprofit. Um, So they gave most, a huge portion of it to the actual organizations, which was really cool. And so we donated to a few charities to that, fundraised through art. And the whole reason that I did that was because my mom, obviously as an artist, was the one that inspired me to... I guess, more embrace my creative side. Like I grew up, I could make a mess with paint. I could do dance classes. I did acting classes. I did all kinds of things. She really encouraged it. And she, um, when she passed away, I was freshman, sophomore, I think junior in college. Um, I think the death of a loved one can do a lot of things to a person. But I think for me, that was when I realized that 
life is precious and life is short. And what are you doing if you're not doing what you love? Um, and I think she instilled the sense of art in me. She instilled the sense of helping the community around you and the people that you care about. Because what, what good are my gifts if I can't use them to help others as well? Um, that's just my personal outlook on it. So I think that whole charity was just a big way of wrapping everything together um, and basically like starting this new staple, this new movement of trying to use art for good in her honor, which was really beautiful. Um, and that whole process, it was very hard, but very healing for me too. Like I can talk about it now. I could not talk about it before. I'm a very happy, smiley person. I hate sad emotions. I hate talking about things that could make anyone feel uncomfortable or sad. And so that for me, it was a big learning that you can talk about someone's memory and it doesn't have to be sad. It can be a celebration. Um, and a big part of what I do today is because of her. And so, yeah. So that I think was a big spur for me of saying that I do love art and I do love what it can do. And I want to keep going in this direction. Um, and that was the first moment. It was really cute because we had this big, beautiful venue. It was at City Club Los Angeles. It was on like the 40th floor or whatever. And it was just windows everywhere. So you could see the whole city and everyone. It was cocktail attire. So everyone dressed fancy. And I remember my dad came up and he just looked at me and he was like, you're doing this art thing. And he's like tears in his eyes. And I was like, we are like, we're doing this art thing. And that was really cute. Ever since then, I think I've also been doing better financially. Thank goodness. Um, he's been nothing but incredibly supportive of what I do. Um, and I do owe a lot of what I am to him as well, because he was the skeptic that it's like, if you're going to do this, you got to work really hard to make it happen. And it is a lot of work, but it, I, I couldn't see myself doing anything else. So that's like, <laughs> I guess the not so concise, but kind of concise birth of me becoming an artist. And ever since then, like ever since when you guys came and visited about three years ago, that was my first art studio that I got. I spent all my money on it and luckily sold the painting, was able to stay there longer and just haven't looked back ever since. We've been growing ever since at a tremendous rate, which is amazing. Um, and I think I'm like right at the pivotal point where we've been growing, growing, growing. I think this next year is going to be explosive growth. Um, I think it's just gonna keep going because we've been working hard, gaining traction. I'm learning to delegate now, which is essential in growth um, and a very exciting things. I've got an art show. I don't do art shows that often, but I've got an art show planned. Um, I want to plan it somewhere around the end of the year, like November. And I get obsessed with colors. Uh, my new color that I'm about to be obsessed with is pink, like a peachy pink color. And so yeah. it's going to be an all pink art show. And I see in the back there. Yeah. yeah so this is it's hard because the lighting like uh, apple and colors is terrible like this is actually a very nice soft dusty pink in person I feel like it might be reading a little more as an orange but this was um one of the samples that I've been working on and I'm just going to be doing a lot more of it and I'm going to be having a big pink show and I'm going to be doing some I want to be doing sculptures then as well I want to wow. do big ones and minis. Like, it's going to be really fun. I'm really looking forward to that. And I don't do our shows that often. And you guys, please, as soon as I find the date, I will let you know. I okay. know it's far for you guys, but you guys are always welcome. Please come. Cool. <laughs> that be so yeah, fun. Would be awesome. yeah. I haven't been to an art show in, in a very long time. So. Yeah, yeah. 
So real yeah, quick, things if are finally I, opening up. <laughs> if I can backtrack to your story real fast, because I just I feel like there was you dropped some really good knowledge for like starting artists mm-hmm. that I think could learn from your story. I mean, first of all, I think that's incredible that you do what you do in your mom's memory. I think that that is like you know clearly has given you a higher calling, and that helps. I'm sure that helps you win all the time because you're not just doing it for your own whatever you know recognition or whatever but you have something that you're like I mean that's a powerful calling so I think that's really cool but like I I just what stood out to me about your story was you talking about it seems like a lot of your early success came from kind of like building community and giving back you know and I think that that for artists I think so much of the time early on it's like notice me you know I'm and there's a lot of understandably, I mean, we all have a little bit of ego in us, but there's a lot of ego in that, I think. And I think that um, even looking at Felix's comment sections and stuff, you know, I'll prowl through those sometimes. And I see people like, Felix, you need to teach me or whatever. Right. And it's like, they think that the the fastest route to what they want is to go become Felix's assistant or mentee or whatever. But -hmm. it's like, I honestly think that your story just proves that the fastest way to success is to go find a community of people at your level or, mm-hmm. you know, down wherever you're at. And just, I mean, even your friend in fashion, right. It's like, he didn't go to try to get in with the top people. He just built something. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah. I think that that's so cool that you, I mean, do you have any, do either of you have any more to say about that? Like just kind of how you, the power of like working with, with a community of artists or giving back to the community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will take that really quick because I had a couple of thoughts. So first, I think for me, that did help a lot because uh, it's hard. It's incredibly hard getting started as an artist. And for me, I would keep going back to, okay, why am I doing this? Which I think is very important um, to remind yourself why you're doing it. And like it, we have a photo of me, my, I'll have to find it, but it's literally after the event I had, I think like it was like 50 or a hundred dollars left in my bank account, which is not a lot. And I was just on the floor exhausted in a onesie. And that was just like my low, but I was like, you got to pick yourself up. You got to keep going. <laughs> like you gotta, you gotta keep going. And so I think whatever your why is, everyone has their different reasons. It could be that you just really love it and want to make your career doing this, but going back to your why is really important. Um, I don't think there's any right or wrong way to be a successful artist. If there's anything that I've learned being in LA, that's it. Cause I have so many wonderful friends uh, and everyone pretty much has carved out their own path to do what they do. Because like being an assistant, I'm sure Felix, you get a lot of people that want to be your assistant. And when I was getting started, I craved to be someone's assistant. I really wanted to. And that's why I do the internship program now is because I would have loved to work with somebody to be able to see how it works. Mm -hmm. and just no one accepted me or they weren't there (laughs) and so when I finally got to the point where I was like I think I have enough advice to give and it's also nice because they can help you so it's like I will teach you I will show you and you also help me with a lot of the day today's like back in the day when we were packaging paintings and stuff like that um so that's why I started that that has been very very fun and evolved in its own way like I didn't used to pay interns now I can thank goodness um and so, yeah, I don't think there's any right or wrong way necessarily to carve out through it. One thing I will say, though, that is almost a must is I think people do need to be on social media because of this free marketing. Um, you got to. You got to have a website. 
there are a couple of things that you absolutely need. And then from there on, you carve out your own way. Um, Because what worked for me might not necessarily work for another person, you know, or what worked Mm -hmm. for you might not work out for another person. Yeah. So, yeah, I do think it's really good what you were saying. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, In growing with people, I remember one of Max's bosses told him, um, and I know there's a bunch of quotes on this, but it's like, invest in your friend group now because you are going to be growing together. And your friends and peers are going to be the next influential people. And as you rise together, it's a beautiful mentality to, instead of like trying to call up on someone and be like, okay, you're like super famous or you're like mm-hmm. super up there as you grow. Cause that's good as well, but it's so important to have your peers and your groups that are growing with you. Um, Cause that is in- incredibly helpful and you don't even need to know them in person. You can know them online, mm-hmm. you know? Um, that's tremendously helpful as well. But yeah, but I guess, and I guess also just like starting your own show, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that, I, I just feel like that for anyone can, will, will make so many more people notice you than you waiting for yeah. somebody else to give you an opportunity. You know, it's like, yeah, people look yeah. at that and they, and all of a sudden, if, if you, if, if I would say like, if somebody is, has people in their life that don't see them as an artist, the fastest way to get people to see you as an artist is to do something like that you know like, yeah do a big bang uh, that creates maybe, authority mm-hmm. yeah exactly I, I think that created authority it pushed me to grow in a lot more ways than I knew because that was my first time doing large-scale uh, abstract art as well but I really wanted to mm-hmm. so it, it was just a big grower in a lot of different ways um so I think that is you know it's it's hard to there's no like handbook how to throw an event because there's a billion little things that you don't like events event spaces you need event insurance do you have a liquor license like are you charging for alcohol are you doing plates like there's a lot of different things that we didn't even think about like for us we were going to try and be our own nonprofit, and they're like no you should probably partner with a nonprofit because it can take six months to a year to become a nonprofit. and i was like <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's just like i think but to not discourage people from going for it and doing it because sometimes the best way to grow is to say like we're gonna do it and then you figure it the fuck out along the way you know well yeah like if somebody lives in a small town or whatever they could just they don't need all the i i understand that like getting the licenses and stuff allowed you to make it like a nicer event and stuff but like even just for somebody listening in another country who maybe doesn't have Mm -hmm. a ton of money or whatever it's like just get your you know five friends together and you know go to somebody's house or something and just say hey we're showing art tonight come see it or whatever Mm -hmm. yes And what's beautiful about that is the community, because even for me, we knew that we wanted to showcase other artists uh, because, A, it helped bring a lot of eyes to the event. Like even Felix, I remember we made packets for each artist and was like, please share about this if you can. And that helped bring a lot of eyes and donations, which is really cool as well, you know. So collaborating with other artists, group shows, um, that is a really great way to get people seen. We'll ask people how they found my art. And a lot of times it's through another artist, which is really interesting. That is Um, interesting. It is. It's wildly interesting. So not that that's the only way, but that's been a big help um, collaborating. Mm -hmm. So last time we talked to you, you had your art in a gallery in Las Mm -hmm. Vegas. Are you still there? No. Okay. So unfortunately for this gallery, 
I love them so much. They're very old fashioned. So they do. He, he was of the mindset, like you can't post a picture of it online because someone will steal it, you know? So when COVID hit, it hit them hard. And they had just moved into this big, beautiful new gallery space too, but it was very expensive. And so I just think once COVID hit, they were not doing as well as they had before. I think they're doing better now. Um, but it was just one of those, my art sat there for a couple of years, but no one, no one was seeing it. So I literally like, we got the pieces back now. Like, mm. I want to say, uh, I want to say it was like five, six months ago, um, was just like, they're not being shown. They're not being seen. Mm. And so that one was very nice. It was a great experience, but that did not translate to sales for me at all. What has translated better is working with art dealers actually. Oh, so I was going to ask about that. So can you share mm-hmm. about like what's what's going well for you right now? And like what yeah. what is new since we saw you last? <laughs> yeah, um, I think what's going well has been the biggest impact is social media, which is something that I will talk about and preach over and over and over again. Um, mm-hmm. And I think just being in it for a while, because now not only do we have social media, but we have people referring their friends. And I think that's also a big tool um I it's really cool because the demand has just been growing and growing and growing for the art and as it grows the price has been going up which is really cool to see just and this is the vision that I had for my paintings I worked with the most luxurious materials and put so much time and thought and effort into it that I really really know that it deserves to be at a high price point that's for me and that's also I know that not everyone can afford that so that's why I do the minis as well Mm -hmm. so I do um aiming on doing it twice a year now just because so many people love them but I do big paintings and twice a year I like to do mini series uh normally I do 30 but this last time I did 40 just because there were so many people that voted um And so I'll drop 40 minis and people love them. And it's so fun too, because I'll have a lot of followers that have been like, I've followed your art for so long and they're really hard to get because so many people want them. Mm -hmm. And when people do get them, I have some people this last round, they're like, I've tried a few times and have it and I finally got one. And they just get emotional. They get so happy. And that for me makes me so happy because people are just like, I couldn't believe that I finally got one. And it's like, I get excited through that as well, that people Mm -hmm. are so excited. And not only do they have an art piece, but they have a whole story around it. And I do put a lot of time and effort into each painting. So it is really cool to see people love and receive the paintings um, for all the work, the hard work that I put into them. So that's been going really good. Everything's just been going good. (laughs) I I cannot complain about anything. Yeah, we've been growing um, very blessed in so many different ways. And like I said, I think just from here, it's just going to get bigger. Um, I, I have big ambitions for my art. And I'm just I think I'm finally at the pivotal point where I can see myself getting there, which is really cool. Um, I'm traveling. I'm traveling to uh, Europe for a wedding, but then I'm just going to stay around and meet with some artist friends. A couple of my art dealers there in London. So we're definitely going to go to London for a little. And then after that, I'm going to New York to create a painting, which I'm super excited about um, because I have a collector over there. And I was like, I could make his painting over here and send it to him or 
I can make this painting over there. <laughs> and so, yeah, so mm -hmm. I'm doing a little nice. tour, which is going to be really fun. Um, hopefully going to be meeting a lot of artist friends along the way, which I'm really excited for. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, that's like the skinny of it. <laughs> <laughs> How did you meet your art dealers that you have in London? Social media. Literally, oh, okay. they found me on social media and they said, can I come see your studio? And I said, absolutely. Um, and I think for me, what has worked well is having few meaningful relationships. I don't want to be someone that has a lot of meaningless relationships when it comes yeah. to people that love and represent my art. I want few, but I want the people that do represent me to love my art. And mm -hmm. that's what I have. People that just really, really adore my art. And what I love about that is when they truly do love the art, they don't need to sell it. They just love it. So they talk about it. Mm -hmm. And from there, I think it'll just sell itself. Um, so it was really cool. I finally got to meet them um the ones that I work with mother daughter duo are called London love them finally got to meet them in person like uh, about a month ago they came and visited and it just made it all the better to get to see people in person that you've been working with um that was really cool but yeah all through social media and yeah yeah nice. social media again <laughs> <laughs> so you said you're focusing mainly on Instagram um, mm -hmm. Right. And um, yeah, we now like you hired somebody to focus, help you with TikTok. Are you mm -hmm. on Facebook or you anywhere else or just mm -hmm. or Twitter? I know you're on there. Um, yeah, that's a whole say, other conversation. <laughs> so what would you say like your main like platform that you where you find these more of a I mean it, it could be different for everyone but for you particularly yeah. what what is a platform that you would find these collectors or these you know people that appreciate your art is it mainly yeah. through Instagram yeah I think mostly for me Instagram has always been my darling because I love photos and that was a photo first platform um my best advice to people is get on everything you don't have to be on it all at once but do in phases where you test out different ones so you at least have a presence and then mm -hmm. see what works out for you. For me, Instagram worked really well. TikTok, I remember I told you guys way back three years ago, I was like, why aren't you on TikTok? You need to get on TikTok. And now Actually, you're on TikTok. you were the one that inspired us in 2019. Yes. And we got yeah. on there. Yeah, I remember yes. That. That's yes. And I'm so glad because the thing about TikTok, and it's really interesting, and this is great because Max actually works in social media. He's a social media manager for a company. And so he gets to like, just full on obsess about different apps and mm -hmm. what works and things like that. And it's really interesting. It's a really fantastic time to be a creative because Instagram and TikTok are fighting. Mm -hmm. Like they are trying to get creators on their platform. And because of that, it is a great time to be creative. I know that a lot of times it's like ups and downs. Like maybe you didn't get as many likes or views as you'd hope. Just keep going, just keep doing it. Um, so because TikTok, obviously became such a huge app instagram started to push reels which is like their version of it and what's really interesting is i thought tiktok has a bigger chance to go viral but consistent day in day out instagram reels has way better reach which is really interesting which is why it's important to be on both mm -hmm. um and you know i need to practice what i preach i would talk about tiktok and i fell off tiktok for a while because i was so absorbed in my projects and that's why i finally was like i need to hire someone to be able to help me out with this and to keep me consistent and accountable um mm -hmm. and it's been great 
And so uh, the TikTok, which is weird, I was originally on TikTok because I was like, TikTok is the younger audience. Mm-hmm. These are the people that aren't going to collect me now, but they might eventually. The collector that I'm going to create a big, gorgeous, expensive painting for in New York, he found me on TikTok wow. of all places. And I was like, weird like he he's like yeah I found you on TikTok and what's really funny is he's like I actually deleted all social media now he's like but I do remember like I saw a video on TikTok of your art and I really really liked it um and it's his first time being a fine art collector which is really cool so TikTok it it should not be slept on Mm -hmm. um Twitter Okay, so this is like a whole other thing, but I think this is extremely relevant to what I'm doing. I have been looking at the NFT space for over a year now. You guys know NFTs. Okay, cool. So I have been looking at this space for over a year and I had a lot of friends saying like, you need to get on it. You need to just put something out now. And for me, it just didn't feel natural or organic to just create something and put it out really fast. Because I understand that it's like you, you learn as you go and you put things out. I fully believe that. I also fully believe that you as your own personal artist knows what's best for you. And sometimes Mm -hmm. it's hard to listen to that. But for me, I was like, I can't just put something out. I need to think about it. I need to think about it for a really long time. And when I do eventually put something out, I want it to be something that I am incredibly proud of. Mm -hmm. And it put a lot of pressure, but it's like the pressure makes diamonds type things. We were in the (laughs) final phases. I hired a digital designer to help bring my vision to life and a coder to help bring my painting to life. And that's all I'm going to say about it right now. But I am extremely excited um, about the future of NFTs. And the reason that I'm talking about that now is because NFTs are on Twitter. Um, a lot of my friends are saying, like, if you're going to do NFTs, be on Twitter. You have to be on Twitter. And mm-hmm. so that's why I've been pushing Twitter more and more. Twitter is where a lot of the NFT collectors are. Um, it, it's, it's a very interesting, different crowds run on Twitter mm-hmm. than on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so been growing with that. Uh, Twitter's been doing A-OK. We've been getting people excited um, for the drops because I have three paintings planned. I'm going to do one of ones and going to be dropping them. We're not rushing it. <laughs> we're, we're letting it take its time. Um, but we'll be dropping those soon. But that's the reason that I'm on Twitter. If it wasn't for NFTs, I would not be on Twitter. Um, I'm not much of like a news person. (laughs) Something that I think I want to just call attention to for the folks listening is that Mm -hmm. I think that you very successfully cast a wide net with social media. And it's like you said, you Mm -hmm. know, like do them all. You don't have to like rush into doing them all. But I think that like experiment with them all because it's like you said, the audience can be very different between all of them. Or all it takes is one person like that, you know, collector in New York. Um, and the wider net you cast, the more likely you are to find that one person, but it's, mm-hmm. or just to find your audience type. It's like you said, the NFT people hang out on Twitter, you know, TikTok's mm-hmm. a little bit of a younger audience. It's it just, and yeah. we're all, we're all different. Like the thing that we're talking about could, or the thing that we're making could resonate differently with a different audience. So I think you're so right in that. Exactly. It's just experiment with all the different platforms, find where you're strongest, but then also do the other ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I remember you mentioned last time we we had an interview. You said that you uh, studied business and marketing, and uh, you were kind of uh, like when you were going into art, you you were bringing that um, you know that thing into your art, which helped you a lot, right? Um, what yeah. would you say to people listening about the business side and the art, putting yeah. it together? Yeah. Um, a couple really important things. One. 
I studied business in school and have learned not not to diss on school because I'm really glad that I went and studied. I was I was very very fortunate to have received a business degree. I for my own personal art have learned way more just by hands on doing and trying and failing and trying again and failing. All you really need to know it's great to know excel spreadsheets, numbers, basic numbers. You don't need to be a math whiz. Business isn't as scary as you think it is. It's not. And you don't need to have a degree to officially become an entrepreneur or business person. Um, so don't be intimidated by it. Um, the other thing is, I think the modern day artist has the privilege, but also must <laughs> have a basic understanding of how business works for art um, and in selling their art. Uh, which I know is really hard, but I think it helps you get to where you want to get much quicker. And when I say business, I'm saying marketing is social media. Like, how fun is that? It's not scary. It's creating fun videos and making people excited to see your art. That's that's marketing, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, for artists also, just for their own personal finances, having a savings and making sure that you are making enough money to pay your bills. Because I talk about this all the time. You cannot create if you are starving. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the starving artist long, I, we do not need that. You do <laughs> not need that. Um, for me, I shot for watches and paid my bills that way. I know people, you can be a server. There's a lot of different things that you can do to make money to pay your bills and then focus on art. And then eventually, if everything goes right, your art will start growing more and more and more. And then you can lean more heavily on that. But you cannot create if you are so stressed. A little stress is good. A little stress is always going to be there. But you cannot create if you are so stressed about where your next meal is coming from or uh, if you're going to pay rent on time, you know, like mm -hmm. things like that. You really need to take care of yourself financially first, which I know a lot of creative people don't like to think about, <laughs> right. but you need to think about it. And I will um, say that the consistency is actually like when you really believe in what you're doing and you love it, like mm -hmm. people think I, I I'll be the first to say that it sucks that we have, that it's unnatural that you have to go sell eight hours of your day plus commutes to an employer. I think that's ridiculous that we've accepted that as the status quo. But like, it is what it is. You're not going to change the system by yourself. And I think that if you really believe in what you're doing, it's actually not hard to work every day on your art, yeah. like to find yeah. that two hours a day. And if you put in two hours a day, that adds up. That really does mm -hmm. add up. Mm -hmm. And like, so I would say that like, yeah, it sucks. Like we all want to be paid to be artists and stuff, but like, it is what it is. And it's actually not going to kill you if you like, you know, cut out TV time and stuff like that. And <laughs> put in two hours a day I think you can absolutely what Kim is saying you don't have to go be a starving artist just go get a job a regular old job and do your art after mm -hmm. and I think that's also how you know if you've got that itch if you've got that drive to be like I want to do this you will make it happen there's this mm -hmm. one quote I know it's dumb but for me it's hugely inspirational it's you have as many hours in a day as Beyonce and I was like that's a fact um <laughs> literally you have as many hours in the day as Beyonce. Like you can put your mind to things, you can get things done. No one has more time than the other. And time is a very important asset. Even if you're putting a couple hours a day, like you said, or even 30 minutes, do small chunks and then work your way up to where you're happy with. Um, a little, little bit goes a long way. Consistency goes a long way. Totally. 
yeah what it's would like you everything what would you say for the, you uh specifically you what kind of questions do you get like as an artist from people around you know maybe social media what are, what are the yeah. some common questions that you would get i think a lot of people ask a lot of the same questions and they're asking the wrong questions a lot of people ask how i create my art and i think what they should be asking is how do you market your art um because uh, I think I think both are important. Um, and I have been like, I just did a Q&A live stream recently, which we're going to be doing another where we just answer art questions. And I think that is a very important part. I think art uh, as a discovery, if it, as a true artist, I think it's great to experiment with different things and figure out what speaks to your soul. And that is going to be the best way to find out what kind of art you create. Um, it's a lot better than just having someone tell you, okay, like do this and make this art, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think uh, a level of guidance is good. Like in your, with your products and your videos, you're like, do this. I guarantee you each person that sends you something, it looks different. It looks a little bit different to their own unique style. And mm-hmm. I think from there, it's really cool because then people start growing more and playing more with it, mm-hmm. you know, and being like, what speaks to me as an artist and what's really cool. And I think that's the easiest part of being an artist. The harder part is being able to market and pay your bills and things like that. Um, so I think uh, uh, some of the good questions is like, is it too late to start? Absolutely not too late to start as an artist. It is never too late. Um, there are always new ways and new things that you can take advantage of. Like for us, it was Instagram and even Pinterest a little bit, um, but TikTok really started taking off. And so TikTok was a thing to take advantage of. There's always new things, new fun things to play with. Um, but being able to market your art, I think is really important. Uh, literally go to your local coffee shop and ask them, you know, can you display my painting? And you're going to get a shit ton of no's, but you will get some yeses. And of those yeses, you will get eyeballs to your art. And that's what you really need is you need people to be exposed to your art and see it more. Mm-hmm. Um, and through that, I think you learn valuable lessons, uh, mm-hmm. along the way, um, know that you're going to fail a lot but that's not bad I I think every failure is an opportunity to show you what you should be doing um Mm. so the the most successful artists I've seen have been people that will fail fast and be like okay (laughs) on to the next (laughs) so just like keep your head up keep going (laughs) try different things and what works do more of that Mm -hmm. yeah that's good yeah um yeah I noticed like um a lot of uh well because everything's so fast-paced now and with art it it takes time you know like and in order to keep up with social media and, and posting it makes you kind of have that battle where you're like okay well i art takes time and i have to okay well i can do i can adjust and do like clips of my art that could work and then you just work around that but i i noticed like people are afraid of hard work you know, they kind of mm. skip, skip steps and like want to get there faster. And they're thinking, oh, if I, if I create, you know, this and do, do this and just get yeah. to that destination faster, I feel like if you just like take it step by step and not rush, you mm-hmm. know, you record a little process or whatever. But like, um, I notice a lot of people want to get to that goal faster. And then when they, mm-hmm. if they reach it or when they reach it, they're like, what's next, you know, yeah. rather, rather take your time. I feel like uh, years ago, there more people were working and building their style, you know, and not like, you know, rushing to yeah. fame or whatever it is, you know? Yeah. Um, 
And that kind of goes hand in hand. I feel like a lot of people are hoping for a big break. And more often than not, it's not going to be like that. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be like you get ooh this opportunity and then you make it. No, that's not how it works. The artists that you see that are successful and even the ones that went viral and blew up overnight did Mm -hmm. not blow up overnight. There was a lot of time and uh, thought put into a lot of the things that people do. Um, There's no way to cheat hard work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think sometimes we are like a fast culture where it's just like, we want efficiency and I'm all for efficiency, but don't do it to the point where you're skipping steps. Like what you were saying, like, you got it, you got to do the work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to put in the hard work if you want to be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, so very, very good points. Why haven't you done like more shows? And also, um, has like, are you planning to do more events like that big one that you did <laughs> or are you guys done with that now? Yeah, and that's a very good question because basically with that, the those are two separate event things. But uh-huh. for the first one for like the Mission Marisol, the charity. So actually after that, the year after that, we were going to make it like every other year. And so the year after that, that we were ready to do it, we literally had a deposit in for a venue and everything. Like we had a team put together. We were ready to go. We gave ourselves a year to plan for it. And then COVID hit. Mm. And that was a really scary, shaky time because it's like, how are we supposed to pro like a big thing was like getting selling tables, like people Mm. donors would buy tables that would help fund the event Mm -hmm. and would help fundraise. And it's like people weren't going to want to buy something for an event that they weren't sure if it was going to happen. And so it was it was hard for us because I definitely I personally lost money because once you put down a deposit for a venue, you can't get that back. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was hard, but we're like, we just have to wait. And so now things are starting to clear up a little bit more with COVID. But me as a artist, personally growing up, trying to figure out the best and most efficient way to reach the goal, which is using art to fundraise for good. And I was really inspired by this one artist, Daniel, I'm going to mess up his last name, Arsherman, something like that incredible artist he fundraised a million dollars in one painting and that was huge that was I saw that and I was like how can I get to that and I was like what he's not putting in all this effort into events I think events are still really good as well I don't know it's just a lot of things that I need to think about like what are the best ways for me to reach these goals of fundraising for good and now that things are clearing up more with COVID things being more and more open, it's just so scary for me as an event planner to try and pour your heart and soul into planning an event and to not know if something, some world event's going to happen and it's just not going to happen like that. Mm-hmm. That terrifies me. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes you got to do the things that terrify you. So mm-hmm. <laughs> who knows? But so for that, um, still talks back and forth, figuring out what what is the best thing to do. For the and with that, there will always be a charity aspect to my art. Like that's not going away. It's just a matter of how are we fundraising. That's the biggest question. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for the physical events, the reason we haven't done a COVID B, I just haven't had time or need to. I am back ordered like six months on custom orders, mm-hmm. um, and that's not including the minis that I'm planning on dropping like every two two times a year. So mm-hmm. I'm busy. So I haven't had the need to, but I think it's for me more of a want to, because I know a lot of people love the paintings and they haven't seen one in person. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was like, I want to be able to, I haven't had a chance. There was this big, beautiful green painting that I would have loved to have showcased, but that one was on a time limit. 
And so mm-hmm. they needed that one pumped out and pumped out fast and sent. Um, and so I wasn't able to hold on to that one long enough for a show. But this next painting, the one that I'm working on right beside me, um, that one, I was like, this is the one that I want to be able to plan a show around. Mm-hmm. And so it's a big pink, peachy pink painting. Um, I'm going to do minis at the end of the year. And I've always wanted to do statues, I want to say, for the past three years. I've been talking about it. And I feel like this show is a perfect opportunity for me to uh, expose a new type of medium. Um, That's and cool. Yeah. And also, I just love the end of the year, like the season where everyone's just like in their good feels and wants to do something fun. So um, I'm really excited. I feel like I've given myself adequate time to mentally prepare for another event um and I'm excited and I'm excited even last one the one we did in Vegas we had people flying from all over the world it was really funny this one girl came from Dubai and she was like I can't believe I'm meeting you and I was like I can't believe I'm meeting you like (laughs) you flew from so far and it was just like the coolest feeling and it was really fun to get to meet people that they're like I've loved your art for so long and I just I love seeing people react to the art Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the highest compliments I had an intern come in once and she was like, wow, like you're, you're awesome. You're you. But she saw one of my paintings large scale for the first time. And she was like, I need a moment. Like, this is stunning. And I was like, oh, it's just like, I'm getting chills thinking about it. Like, that is the best. <laughs> that is the best when someone will look at the painting and just be like, wow. And mm-hmm. I've had that a few times. And I just think an event would be able to help that happen more um and let people see the art that they otherwise haven't been able to see because pictures are great but it's not nearly as good as the real thing Mm -hmm. at all um so I'm excited I'm excited for that and then who knows maybe I'll start planning uh solo shows uh maybe once a year we'll see we're growing we're figuring it out nice (laughs) well guys we're about at the hour mark so I thought we would just move on to ask an artist which is just uh Felix's audience submits questions for the artists in the room. And um, this one is from a, I don't know how to say that username. So, but the question is, do you you ever get so frustrated with a painting that you want to just quit and move on? How do you move on? Uh, uh, Yeah. I think that's just a a human experience, especially this one comes to mind very clearly was a big green triptych. And I said yes to a time limit, which I've never done before and I will never do again. Um, but that was stressful because it was like, not only was I forcing myself to try and get this painting done, but I was trying to get it done on a certain timeline, uh, which was almost uh, unreasonable. It was a month, which is not long enough. And I, I learned a lot through that though. But with that painting, I did not get a whole lot of sleep. I was frustrated. I literally have, I'm so I don't know if it's like an artist thing, but sometimes when you cry, do you ever just record yourself to be like, remember this moment? It's not a good moment. And I have a video of me literally on the floor, just like, like when you're done crying, it was just like tears are streaming from the side, just recording myself being like, here's me, here's my ugly ass painting. And I was like, I hate it. I hated it. I hated it so much. Cause I was like, I, the, the best thing to do in that moment is take a fucking break. Um, I learned and, and still learning about balance. And which is something that has been through my art a lot, but balance of like working and resting. Um, it is so important to take a break from a painting, uh, to either go for a walk, take wine, go to sleep early, and then look at it the next morning with fresh eyes. I think time and taking rest and break is the best thing, but you also need to know when to go back to it. 
um, you you can't just take a break and never come back to it because <laughs> then it'll never get done. So either however you are best held accountable, um, if you work well with having an accountability partner, uh, maybe your partner just say like, hey, I'm going to take a break from this for a little, but remind me that I need to come back to it. Um, some people do not work well like that. Some people are better self-accountable. So just go back to it. Um, taking a break is probably the biggest thing that can help in whatever way works for you, like drink, smoke, sleep, whatever works for you. For me, I love sipping on wine. And when I'm extremely mentally exhausted from a painting, I will go to bed early. Um, I, I've taken naps because doing art is a true energy exchange. When I do minis, I don't nap. I'm not a napper, but I will nap when I do minis because it's just like mm. takes a lot of energy out of you. Can't can't mm -hmm. fully describe why um but it does so find what works for you take a break come back <laughs> yeah, I think yeah that's advice. that's a really good answer i i i totally agree with you on that i yeah. was going to say pretty much the same thing i was uh, just going to ask back. what you do yeah we, we we just came back from camping yesterday we camped for over 10 days with my family and seven. friends seven yeah felt like 10 <laughs> was i was like gonna days. say he's like it felt like 10 <laughs> <laughs> well yeah, we're in the woods for a long but time. we haven't taken a week off in like a really long yeah. time so it felt like yeah. 10 days <laughs> but yeah. you know 10 and a half uh but um <laughs> But that break was such because we were in a nature. We we're camping, staying up almost mm. every night till two in the morning, like having firewood, you know, just burning wood and and uh, just talking and you know yeah. being with family. And that that experience, I just feel like um, reminded me of it's so good to take breaks and have and not feel like I have to get back to work. I need to, you know, sometimes I would have that. I would be like, I need to rush. I need to get to my studio. I'm, I'm, I'm falling behind, you know, whatever. Yep. Mm -hmm. And, but, but, you know, when I'm like, you know, I just need to let that go. It's in my head. And when I chose to let go, cause we were supposed to stay for three days. And then from there, we're like, oh, you know they made it longer. <laughs> yeah. We're like, you know what? This is, this is good. This is family time. And yeah. um, it was really, I don't regret it. You know, it was really good time and we had good memories and I think that's going to last, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't just choose that to stay a few more days to work in the studio. I, you know, I think those moments we forget sometimes when we're working too much and uh, we forget that there's family and friends, you know, people yeah. that you can be around with and, um, and, and balance like and you balance said that. yeah so balance. just that balance is so important because we can get into that mindset of just like pushing everything out of us you know and we just yeah. get so exhausted yeah because andrea i was gonna ask you i'm interested to hear your thoughts on this because i know i'm the same mindset when we go on vacation i'm like okay how can i work and max will always be like you need to stop like yeah. you need to just enjoy the vacation. I was like, but how can we make this into something? And he's like, no, don't do it. Um, and sometimes it drives me insane because I have that same thing where it's like, I need to do something. I can't just like, I'll sit for a little and then be like, okay, I need to do something. <laughs> but Andrea, do you, are you kind of with the same mindset or do you think you balance him out and saying like, hey, hon, let's calm down a little bit. Like, let's enjoy our family time. I think um, I'm also a workaholic. Um, we love it. <laughs> yeah, so I'm a workaholic too. I'll admit it. But um, yeah, so I, I feel like this time, like sometimes I have that feeling too. I'm like, I need to get back to work. I need, I, there's something I could be doing. But um, like this time we kind of like helped each other. 
<laughs> like like it's okay we don't do this often we can rest yeah like even though people are emailing and messaging and like all this stuff it's like sometimes I literally just put my phone away and like leave it there for <laughs> a couple of days yep. yep sometimes you gotta take a break I love that you guys know that though like, you know, my brain is wired like this, but I will force myself to, and that you have each other to keep each other accountable to. Yeah, I, I think it's like, it's like, you know, like I know my it's like hard to explain it and put it into words, but I know myself that I'm a hard worker. I just mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not trying to, you know, brag or anything. No, it's I a good thing. Because, yeah, because my parents taught me that, you know, my and I grew up working hard. I know that. Okay. And once I'm back in there, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to, I'm just going to mm -hmm. kill it. I'm, I'm going to do it. You know, if I have to, I will. I don't <laughs> care. You know it. what I mean? That, that, that yeah. attitude towards like, I'm going to just get back in. No worries. It's going to pick yeah. up where it left off. It's okay. You know, and just yeah. kind of knowing yourself that it, given that, you know, like um, if you're lazy, you know, it's you're, I feel like it's just, I mean, I don't even know how to like lazy, just it, it, there won't be any progress, it, even mm -hmm. if you're at home working, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, you'll be lazy at home. So yeah, it's it's totally okay to take breaks. Um, yeah, and, you know, uh, it's real. Oh, sorry. Continue. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, you just made me think of something that uh, kind of helped my own personal sanity, because I used to be very frantically always wanting to work. Um, and it got to the point where it was just like, you know, it would cut into quality time with Bay and be like, you, it's literally 11 and you're still working on your phone. And I think that to a certain point, that's essential, kind of, maybe not essential, but I do think that you do need to hustle a little bit more at the beginning when you're mm -hmm. getting yourself up above ground. Totally. What's helped me so much is finally being able to, first, you got to make enough money too. But being able to delegate things to people, that has been so good for me because I can sit and I can like watch a show on Netflix and be like, even though I'm not working, my company's still growing. Mm -hmm. I know that this person's working on this. I was like, I got a designer working on this. I got a coder working on this. And I've got my assistant working on this TikTok. Like I, it's, it helps me embrace like the rest a little. And I think what's good is when I do rest, I do come back refreshed you know? And so I think, I mean, even I, I had paintings about balance literally three years ago and I'm still learning about mm -hmm. it and about the importance of it. But I think once you do reach a great balance, it does help you be the most efficient, uh, best growth that you can be. Um, mm -hmm. But that's that what I've been learning is like delegating has helped <laughs> save yeah. my sanity a little bit. <laughs> that's awesome. Hey, Sebastian, can we do one more? <laughs> what? just one more real quick really, uh, sorry, I, I, yeah. i've got nothing to do <laughs> just one more just one more um yeah it's so like me and andrea are in a relationship and we're doing this thing together um how are you guys you and max doing how is it like as you get bigger and you grow you become busier how is that with your relationship how is is yeah. it uh are you guys on the same page is it difficult do you have to find time to set aside business and and find time to just you know have your time together you know how do, how do you work or with yeah I think you know working with because you guys have it extra because you like work with each other mm -hmm. uh, I don't work with Max as closely as that I think we'll help each other out all the time like I'll show him videos and he'll critique and uh vice versa or I'll help him out with ideas and he'll help me out with ideas um it's kind of funny though because now with Max's new job that he loves very much he because he's doing social media which is very fun 
he kind of got the bug that I got, which is where you could be working 10 at night, but it doesn't feel like work because it's mm. like it's engaging. And so <laughs> it's the script is flipped a little bit <laughs> to the point where I'm like, he goes, I get it now. He's like, I get why you can be working so, so late because um, it it's kind of fun and it doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily fully feel like work. Um, but so I think just like anything. Oh, here's the zoomie. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Rhea, come back. I'm glad zoomie. I could see that. She's yeah. a little zoomie butt right now. They literally just walked back. Um, she gets these things called the zoomies that I think a lot of dogs get. Our dogs get have so that excited. Too. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it funny? They're just like, da, 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 da. and it's really funny because for her, she'll like, there's a coffee table and then the rug, and she'll just run around the coffee table, like, da, 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 like really, really fast. Uh, got a little zoomie right now. Um, but also, she's not going to listen to me at all while she's being zoomie. Um, but oh, well, the dogs also tremendously help because sometimes I'll be working for a very long time and she will be like, you need to take a break. And the thing with the dog, you got to take her out two times a day. So at least two times a day, I'm going out for a 15-minute walk, forcing myself to stop. Um, I think that's great, too. And Max and I really love that, too, because we'll take her for walks together. So no matter what we're doing, um, and we take turns doing it, being like, put your phone away, be present, be present with me. Um, Setting aside time, it's just like any relationship, friendship, significant other, uh, everything takes time and effort. Um, and so we, we've been growing a lot together, which is really cool. I love that you guys like have gotten to meet us, which is really cool. Um, yeah, but been, been growing a lot. It's like that grow together type love, which I think is really cute. Um, and yeah, it's, it's been fun. It's, it's actually especially fun now that he's working in social media because he can like tell me fun things like with him first, we thought TikTok was the best thing since sliced bread and he's like actually the instagram algorithm's been way better and we're like wow and like i get to learn little tips and tricks like that from him which is really cool wait max i don't know if he's working right now or not yeah bring max. Him let, let's just say hello come to here him. come say hi wait put put this in felix and andrea good to see you come on come on Right yeah, here. Oh, um, it's good to see you. It's been so long, but uh, I'm glad. Where are you guys now? We were just talking about you guys. We right now we're visiting Seattle, our family, but we moved to Puerto Rico. Oh, wow. that's what it was. I was like, I remember they moved somewhere. I was like, that was different. Oh, I yeah. love that. And your beautiful house is so gorgeous. Are you guys enjoying the tax Thank benefits you. of being over there? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Like, most uh, definitely. Are you like neighbors with Lo- the Logan Paul and Jake Paul? <laughs> Not oh, neighbors. They live out there, too. I, I so go I go uh, training, box boxing, you know, with, with Logan. <laughs> really? No, oh, see, you could say that say with a straight face. You could be like, oh, I chill out in the pool all the time. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we paint yeah. together sometimes. Yeah, I chill in the <laughs> pool and uh, one of those pink, you know, pink things I sit on. This one. This one. Oh my gosh, I love okay. it. Well, uh, I'll let you guys keep going. But yeah. It's awesome to see we just guys. had to pull Good you in. Yeah. We're like, speak of the devil. Let's just talk a mad trash about you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so there, he's back. Um, Rhea, I want to see if I can get her up just to be here for longer than a second. Rhea, Rhea, come here, lovey. Come on. Oh, she just looked at me and was like, absolutely not. Okay. Oh, <laughs> are you coming? Oh, there, there it is. Oh, 
There's my doll. Wow, she has a necklace. (laughs) I know. She's got a gold chain. Isn't that the cutest? She's a little swaggy dog. Uh, Guys, I don't name a song. It's not not super expensive or fancy or anything. I just thought it was cute. Um, But yeah. Oh, now we have the whole damn fam here. That's okay. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think, did I answer the question? I think just like anything, it takes communication, hard work. Um, And it's it's fun. We we have fun lives. Mm-hmm. cool yeah well thank you cam so much for you know being mm-hmm. here today yes. um, yeah. and sharing and it's it's all fun to kind of you know the last time we met to see how things have changed in just know, three years so yeah. cool. and so I, good this, this is really cool and hopefully we can you know see each other in person and even see your artwork in I person. Know. yes Again. yes that would be so cool i'll definitely let you guys know i know it's far far travel and you guys don't take breaks but LA I think could be good there will be a lot of cool artists for you to meet over there mm-hmm. um you get to meet all of my artist friends which I think would be really cool um for the LA art show end of the year um but it was so good to talk to you guys I really do love seeing you guys and seeing you guys grow and how you guys work together I just oh, am thanks. such a big fan of you too <laughs> I really really am and it was really good to talk to you guys thank you so much for reaching out yeah, yeah thank, thank you, you for being here thank you everyone for listening to the color by felix podcast if you enjoyed this episode be sure to check out kim's artwork at can they kim find rose. that okay at kim rose is that it uh yeah uh, the instagram is kim.rose.art uh same as tiktok and twitter i believe um and then the best spot to see my art is kimroseart.com that's where you want to go that that'll have everything too that'll have links to everything and that's where people can like get a painting if they're interested or anything like yeah that. yeah that's where we're sold out and on a wait list for customs but i promise that paintings are worth the wait even if you do need to wait a little so don't be shy you can email us you'll get to talk to my lovely manager derek who i spoke about earlier um and we'll see if we can get people a painting but yeah cool awesome thanks kim of and course. thanks everybody for listening see you guys next week See you guys. Bye, Bye. Thank you. It's Bye, always guys. awkward to <laughs> 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 See you.